I'm starting to think that maybe we should do a potluck thing. Potluck, potluck. The potluck is going really great. A potluck. Seriously. Seriously. This is the Incredible Inman's Pop Culture Potluck. Thanks for coming to the Potluck. My name's David Inman, and we have special guests every so often, as you know, and today we have a very special guest, uh, my daughter, Nora. Hi. Welcome to our basement. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's yeah. so nice to meet you for the first time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and, and we're doing this because we're getting close to Halloween, and I was talking to Nora the other day about TV shows that she watched when she was a kid, and, and of course, when she thought about Halloween, the one that came to mind is Are You Afraid of the Dark? And uh, why don't you just kind of give an overview of when the show ran and all that stuff? Yeah, so um, this was a show that was on Nickelodeon. It aired from 1990 to 1996, and then it came back in 1999 for one more season. Um, it was actually Canadian, which is surprising because... Canadians are such nice people. And the they show are. Was you very would not dark. think they were out to terrify you. And it, um, so each episode was a different story um, based around the Midnight Society. So a group of kids that meets in the woods around a fire, and then each of them will tell a story each week. Um, and they, every time they would start a story, they would say, Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story. The Tale of Whatever, which was actually a callback to The Twilight Zone, hmm. because Rod Serling would come and do his little mm -hmm. Submitted spiel for your approval. Yeah. yeah. So that's fun. And there's, as the, I got older and kind of rewatched some of them, there's a lot of different themes um, that are drawn from older, like, creepy TV shows and movies, so it's fun to kind of spot those out, but in a way that was more palatable to kids. Hmm. So... How old were you when you first saw the show? What's your earliest memory of it? Um, gosh, I, it would probably have been maybe not when it actually aired for the first time because I was born in '92, so I wouldn't yeah. have been watching it when I was like three or four. <laughs> well, I hope we wouldn't have let yeah. you. But. <laughs> so probably reruns. I was probably like eight or nine, maybe when okay. it started. Because it did rerun like endlessly on Nickelodeon. Yes. Way. And I remember mom really didn't want me to watch it because <laughs> she, she thought I would get scared. And I did, but um, I think that was kind of what led me on the path to becoming the horror nerd well, that I now am. So, and this is interesting because I am not a horror movie. I'm a big old chicken, basically. I'm not an aficionado. Your mom, I don't think, is really, but mm -hmm. you are. So... What is it, what do you like so much about it, or clearly something about it really appeals to you? Yeah, um, I mean, it's just like a fun yeah. genre in general, um, okay. doesn't take itself too seriously. I really like seeing, oh, there's a plane. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's military aircraft history weekend oh, that's right. at the airport that's a couple blocks from our house, so you'll just be hearing that. Um, yes, so it's fun. Um, I think I'm also a big fan of, like, comedy and stand-up, and I think horror and comedy actually have a lot in common, um, hmm. and I like looking for that link, because they're both very, like, visceral things, yeah. um, that you feel, and a lot of, like, I mean, Jordan Peele 
has yeah, after right, you know exactly. he had his whole sketch comedy show and now he's a really like acclaimed horror director. Yeah. Um, so I think those have a lot that's of a, things that's in a really common. good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And it's just like looking at different themes that are happening in larger society. Um, I think those often influence horror movies too. Mm-hmm. Like with Get Out, like you know racial injustice, um, or with like Psycho when that was made. That was like right after they had discovered Ed Gein's house of Mm -hmm. terribleness and i think that kind of led to more of a fear of like strangers and you know eventually in the 70s when they actually started classifying serial killers and gave that a name i think that and then of course when that happened you have like the texas chainsaw massacre and all of those Hmm. gory slasher movies so i think they kind of society influences the movies and these movies influence society Hmm. Interesting. I'll buy that. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't really thought about it, but, but I think those are really good points. And so, Are You Afraid of the Dark, as you said, kind of was aimed at kids. And and so trying to give them spooky stories and scary, the shows themselves, as I remember them, it was like a lot of them would build up to this one sudden, mm-hmm. and it was like, some ugly, you know, monster head or something like that. Does that make sense? Or You've seen them a lot more than I have. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's tough to tell a well-rounded story in, like, 24 minutes. Yeah. Which is what, how long each of the episodes were. So it is kind of a sort of slow build-up. And then, you know, like, two or three creepy things happen. And then usually it has some, like, a happy ending. I mean, kids don't, like, die. for the most part but I think what I really like what appealed to me and probably a lot of other kids was that they didn't like dumb it down just because it was a kids show like they didn't go easy on the creepiness factor yeah um and those Canadians those Canadians always giving you credit for having a brain (laughs) yeah so I think that in the same way that those you know scary stories to tell in the dark books um parents freaked out because the illustrations were so creepy yeah and kids love that you know like a lot of people my age and older have a real fondness for those books because again it was like the first time where they're not like treating you with kid gloves it's just like oh look at this decomposing corpse (laughs) (laughs) my first decomposing corpse yes so yeah and it seems like i guess right before are you afraid of the dark was that when the goosebumps books were really Mm -hmm, popular okay and And there was a goosebumps tv show too yes but Are You Afraid of the Dark, probably because it was rerun so much, just seems to have registered more with, with you, mm-hmm. your generation growing up. Yeah, just like the anthology part. Like, there's no long plot thread right. that's running through. You don't even really know anything about the kids that are in the Midnight Society. <clears throat> like, you don't go to their houses there's afterwards. No backstory and, and, yeah, yeah, it's just kids who meet up and tell these stories so you can, like, jump in at any time and know what's going on. And it's a great surrogate for the the young audience watching at home too, the Midnight Society kids. So they're all talking, telling these stories to scare each other and by implication, you watching at home. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, you have uh, uh, picked out a handful of episodes that, that you really, I mean, what is the, do you think these were the best of the show or they were most memorable to you personally? Um, kind of a mix. 
I picked some that were pretty classic ones um, that get mentioned on a lot of the, like, top ten scariest okay. episodes, and then I also picked a couple that I really remember being freaked out by, so yeah, good. it's a good mix. And then I watched one from the second iteration, so the, like, 1999 right. series. I watched one of those because a lot of the ones that I picked were from the earlier seasons, so okay. I wanted to see how those kind of matched up. Okay. Yeah, I mean, were the later ones as... The later season, was it as good? Um, the one that I watched, eh. <laughs> I liked the other ones better. And so also, I saw, on starting on October 11th, there, uh, there's, a, there are some new episodes. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if they're going to be streaming or what they're, do you know anything about that? I don't, I think, actually, yes. I'm going to little bit grab that in my notes. Um, so I think it's more of like a mini-series that they're doing um but i watched the trailer and it seems more like it's the midnight society kids but then like one of their stories about like some evil carnival or something actually like starts happening in real life and so then the midnight society kids have to like team up to defeat it or whatever it's like Um, the downton abbey movies yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) not really um so from that angle i don't know i really like the anthology feel of the original series and this is kind of a different approach yeah. so i don't know and is it going to be streaming work. or do you know or is it going to theaters or what's that it doing um i think it's on nickelodeon oh that like, makes sense so okay. i don't know if that means it'll anywhere, stream somewhere but, yeah. yeah probably but yeah okay so that's so are you afraid of the dark never really goes away and that's why well, it's a good reason to talk about it now so okay let's start with the uh, your episodes. Oh, right. Um, so the first one that I watched is called The Tale of the Midnight Madness, which is season two, episode two of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked this one because, like I mentioned before, they do a lot of callbacks to earlier like horror media. And so this one is, um, this kid works in a movie theater that's kind of failing. And so this guy whose name is Dr. Vink who's actually a recurring character in a few different stories um, throughout the series. And he's kind of, uh, I don't know what he's supposed to be or what kind of doctor, but just kind of a weird dude who has weird stuff in his workshop and, you know, will give some kids something in a story to help him out, but of course then bad things can happen. So um, this kid, Pete, is working at the Rialto Theater, um, and he loves the theater, loves movies, really wants to save it. Um, they think it's going to close down. So one day, Dr. Vink pays them a visit. Um, he explains that he used to be a filmmaker, among many other past careers that he held, and if the theater will show this silent horror film that he gives them. Um, the movies he made, they have the tagline, if it's made by Vink, it doesn't stink. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it could, I mean, it could very well be. He's, he's kind of a goofy character. Um, so he says if they show this movie, then people are going to flock to the theater. And the movie is actually called Nosferatu. So I don't know if they had copyright infringement laws back then or anything, but... You know what? That's probably in the public domain now, I would guess. Yeah, which that's is true. It's why been it would, long enough. Yeah. Um, so they show this movie, and naturally it's the same kind of creepy Nosferatu vampire. It's a genuinely creepy movie. It yes. still is. Um, and also, yeah, for kids, first of all, kids aren't going to get that reference. So then you're just like, what is this terrifying creature? <laughs> um, so they do have clips from the movie in the episode. Um, 
No. They have, they show the actual, like, the movie made for the episode, but it's not actually, like, Nosferatu clips. It's, okay. like, the guy who looks like Nosferatu doing other vampire-y okay. stuff. Um, so finally, they show the movie, and a ton of people come, and it's super popular, and they start having, like, midnight madness nights, because people are, like, obsessed with this movie. So Dr. Vink comes back. And he's like, great, glad everybody likes my movie. Now you have to show a lot of my other movies, too. And the manager is like, no. And Dr. Fink is like, you'll be sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so one day, Pete and his little teenage co-worker, Katie, are working. Um, and all of a sudden, this, or, well, Pete kind of falls asleep and he's nodding off. And then as he's going to sleep, he sees the vampire stepping out of the movie screen Ooh. and, like, into the theater. Um, but he kind of, like, wakes up and is like, oh, it's just a dream. But then in the manager's office, <laughs> you see, like, again, kind of calling back to the film, you see this, like, clawed the hand, hand, the yeah. shadow, yeah. like, on the wall going towards the manager. And then he's conked out and he's got the little bite marks on his neck. So they find the manager. They're freaking out. Um, and somehow... <laughs> they try to call like the police but the phones are dead so apparently the vampire knows about phones I don't know um, <laughs> so they run to the projection room and Pete is like Katie start playing the film um, so then they get super meta and Pete walks into the black and white world of the silent movie and lures this is like vampires. Sherlock Jr. the is Buster that... Keaton movie where he uh... oh sorry go ahead no I mean yeah see, that's see, interesting yeah see a lot of references so Pete walks into the movie, he lures a vampire to come back in, um, and the original ending of the movie was that the vampire bit the dude and it's over, but in this one, Pete runs over to the window and pulls down a curtain and the sunlight comes on and ah. then the vampire dies and that's it. Um, which That's all in 24 minutes? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they really like cram a lot in there, and so really the vampire... After he steps out of the projection, you know, thing is probably only on screen for like five minutes. Like the whole confrontation happens pretty quickly, right? Um, and then it's just kind of like, and it's done. Um, or the last seven minutes, I wrote that down. So, like I said, they it has a lot of fun similarities to both Nosferatu and Dracula. Um, obviously, the monster itself is made up to be very Nosferatu esque. So he's like white and bald and has these creepy little sharp teeth and um this like bulging vein on his head like long fingernails i mean he's really creepy looking (laughs) so again there's not like holding anything back they're like kids can do this um but again like it's an interesting choice to go with that considering i as an eight-year-old did not know what nosferatu was (laughs) yeah i bet it really made it i mean anytime you see that original movie it, it it's just very strikingly shot and lit and it's and the guy is very creepy and and it's it's scary so it's interesting that they and as you say excuse me they they do it but they kind of do it for kids it's kind of toned down a little bit mm-hmm. it's and of still course, creepy like, the but... kid wins in the end yeah right brave, could save the world he, yeah. yeah um so i guess very empowering in that way too that yeah and then the manager you know wakes up and he's fine but the grown-ups didn't do anything. They messed everything up, and the kids were the ones who came in. If and only the manager the had shown Dr. Fink's other movies. I know. He said he would. Don't go back on your promises. <laughs> Especially with a mysterious with a man vampire who might come out of the movies. Top hat and a cape. <laughs> so, and that's like another thing is that 
some of the stories share a lot of similar elements. Like, there's a few different vampire episodes. There's a few different ghost episodes. There's a few different clown episodes. Um, but none of them are super, like, similar. Like, even if the villain is kind of the same as another episode, the plot and circumstances are all very different. So it doesn't feel like they, like, ran out of ideas and are just repeating stuff. Well, yeah, because, I mean, those are kind of staples of, of horror anyway. I mean, so you're always going to kind of use them. So, yeah. yeah, and you can't really go, like, gory, <laughs> like right. serial killer stuff for kids. Yeah. So <laughs> keep it a little bit more PG. Yeah, and there way. probably wasn't ever any... You mentioned the manager having two teeth marks in his neck. That was probably the greatest extent of blood you would see on the show, right? I mean, were there bloody episodes? Not, yeah, not a ton, really. There was one um, that took place in a pool. I believe it was the tale of the dead man's float or something. I didn't watch that one, but that one, the monster lives in the pool and he's all like stringy and kind of bloody and gross looking, but I don't remember what his deal was. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't blood. Who knows? (laughs) All right. So that's uh, the tale of Midnight Madness. Yes. Okay. Next. Yes. The Tale of the Dark Music. Mm. This is season one, episode 11. And this one actually does have a kid's death in it, which is pretty rare Yeah. <laughs> um, for the show. And so when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, that's dark. <laughs> Jeez. Um, it calls for dark music. Exactly. So basically, um, this kid Andy and his recently divorced mom inherit this large house from her uncle Niles who was a hermit and who Andy never met and Andy's mom hadn't seen him since she was a child, but okay, we'll take your creepy house. Thanks. <laughs> because divorce. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> so Andy soon meets this neighborhood bully who has very nineties, long curly hair. I think his name is like Dakota or Cody or something. And he has like these acid wash jeans and he's just a very cool kid, <laughs> but mean. So one night Andy is with his mom. She asks him to fetch something from the very dark and spooky basement. So he goes down there and finds this dusty old radio. So he turns that on while he's like doing laundry or whatever. And then there's a root cellar, kind of like you have down here. You have yeah. a little area within the basement. So this right. door kind of like creaks open. Um, and Andy turns around to see what's going on. And inside it's just like pitch black. And there's these red eyes. And it's like, come in. And he's like, ah. Um, so he, like, knocks the radio over, and it breaks it, so the music stops, and the door slams shut. So it's like, okay. something likes music down there. So the next day, while he's on his paper route, he runs in with the bully again. He's such a jerk. Um, Andy's mom finally gives us some background on old Uncle Niles, who apparently never left the house, but still made a fortune. Nobody has any idea about how he made his money. And when he died, they found him in the basement at the bottom of the stairs, Hmm. after which mom is immediately like, hey, by the way, can you go down and move the clothes (laughs) from the washer over to the dryer? It's in the basement where my uncle died. (laughs) And he's like, great. Oh, the really dark basement. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So he goes down. He plugs in a boom box because apparently it takes 10 minutes to move clothes into a dryer. So you have to have music. So this door opens again, and this time, this, like, human-sized doll in, like, a blue dress, like, curly blonde hair and, like, dead eyes, like, Mm. rolls out of the root cellar, 
and is like, come play with me, come play with me, and Andy's like, no, um, <laughs> he gets kind of, like, hypnotized by it, um, but then his mom, like, turns off this switch upstairs that cuts the power to the boombox, so then the doll's like, whoop, and it goes back in, and Andy wakes up, and he's like, what happened? So the next day, hmm. mom leaves Andy a note asking him to do more laundry. <laughs> For two people, oh, they really God. dirty a lot of uh, laundry. Oh, and I should mention, Andy has a little sister who's annoying, but we don't really know anything okay. else. Okay, well, for three kind of people, they dirty But a still, lot okay. a lot of laundry in a haunted basement. <laughs> so I was like, come on, lady. Once again, boombox. Once again, the door opens, and this time there's like a carnival behind the door, and there's a carnival barker who's like, hey, come on in, it's really fun, we're not going to kill you, this is great. Um, and Andy kind of like, again, can't move, he's hypnotized, um, the carnival barker grabs his arm, and mm-hmm. then it turns back and the carnival barker is a skeleton, uh. with a little hat on. <laughs> There's no reason you can't be jaunty, even if you're a skeleton. <laughs> and not like a, a, like, dirty, old, like, nasty skeleton. It's like one of those really clean white ones that you'd see in, like, a science classroom. <laughs> so Andy's like, ah! Um, he, but he reaches over and unplugs the boombox, because he's finally got the connection that the uh-huh. music is making this happen. And good job, Andy. Finish your laundry. <laughs> so he runs out. He gets on his bike. Um, he's running to try and find his mom to be like, our basement is haunted by a music ghost. I don't know. <laughs> but as he's riding his bike, he gets punched in the face by the bully, who sucks. Mm. And the bully then throws his bike into the path of, like, a garbage truck, so his bike gets wow. smashed. And you're like, oh, this kid's a psychopath. Great. <laughs> um, so Andy is pissed, but Andy knows that he has his own weapon. Hmm. Mm. And so Come help me do laundry. Exactly. Well, so he basically, like, hits the bully back and then, like, sprints back to his house ah, to, like, to, lead him there. So the bully there, won't chase, right? yes. So he lures the bully into the basement and then locks the door behind him and blasts music from these speakers down oh, in wow. the basement. Yeah. And then you hear the bully, like, screaming and all this stuff happening. And then Andy goes down in the basement and he's gone. <laughs> he just Andy, like, kills a kid? killed a kid! Right? Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, getting mad's one thing, but come on. And he doesn't even feel bad about it. He's just like, okay. And then <laughs> the room, like, burbs out a shiny new bike. So what? he's getting rewarded for murdering a kid. Which also, remember, like, Uncle Niles never left the house, but he somehow made a fortune. So it's implied that he just lured people down there and killed them in his basement and then got a bunch of material rewards, which is also messed up (laughs) when you think about it. There's like a warehouse of murdered people's stuff that he... Oh, a bike. I've got one right here. Yeah. From Little Billy Smith from 1954. I guess, yeah. So he just like killed a bunch of people, right? I know. So it, it would be perfect. And then like the last scene is like Billy's in class and his teacher's like calling the role, you know. Johnny, here, you know, bully, bully, are you, you know, he doesn't answer, and then the little boy just gets a smile on his face. It ends even weirder than that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so the thing in the cellar is basically like, I will give you anything you want, you just have to feed me. And you're like, Jesus. <laughs> so, then Andy's annoying little sister comes home. Uh-oh. And Andy just turns around and looks at the camera and smiles. <laughs> And that's it. That's the end. Yikes. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Andy is a psychopath. So 
were like, that's super, like, he already killed one kid, now he's like, if my sister's annoying, I'll kill her too. And you're just like, jeez, Andy, get some therapy after the divorce. <laughs> yeah. Something is weighing on you. Wow. At least kill your mom. She's the one who's making you do all this laundry. For no that reason. is quite an episode. I so, did not expect yeah. that from Are You Afraid of the Dark. That was definitely a departure from, from the other ending. So I was like, oh, goodness gracious. But yeah, that one's pretty dark. <laughs> Dark music. Dark music. And there you go. So. Get a new bike. All right. So the next one that we can talk about mm-hmm. is one that I remember really creeping me out when I was a kid. And this one's called The Tale of the Doll Maker. Oh, that's okay. So is, you're, yeah, that's in the creepy class already. Yeah. So. Dolls are never good. So that's season three, episode five. Um, so there's this girl, Melissa. She spends her weekends at her aunt and uncle's house. Um, they don't have any kids, so she's kind of like their surrogate kid. Mm-hmm. And she becomes really close friends with their neighbor's daughter, Susan Henderson. Hmm. But on Sounds one... like a normal name. Yeah, and she's totally not a doll. Um, on one visit, Melissa learns that their family moved away, and her aunt and uncle are very sketchy and evasive when she asks them why. They're just like, oh, I'm sorry, you don't have your friend. Anyway, come do kid stuff we don't have a lot of toys i don't know (laughs) she gets bored (laughs) so one night melissa sees movement in the henderson's attic window they have like this big old victorian house Mm -hmm. with like four stories Um, it's never like a mobile home no it looks kind of like a dollhouse (gasps) which will come into play so she sees movement there um she decides she's gonna go investigate the house is actually unlocked for some reason so she just lets herself in walking around she walks up to the attic and discovers this hidden staircase, and there's this dollhouse, like, replica of the Henderson's house. Hmm. So it, like, all looks the same. All right. And then there's also this tarp, and she, like, moves it, and there's a little door. It's, like, a little pink door with, like, some hearts on it, and it's, like, yellow and looks very dollhousey. Um, so she's about to open it, and then her aunt is like, what are you doing in this house? <laughs> Why did you run away? So her aunt catches up to her, so she doesn't open the door. So Aunt Sally is all, I'd rather you stay away from the house after what happened. And she's like, what happened? And Sally's like, no. Um, Well, she gives her a little bit of a hint. So apparently Susan just mysteriously disappeared without a trace last winter, and nobody has any idea what happened to her, so way to bury the lead, Sally. (laughs) So later, Melissa's aunt and uncle are talking, like, literally, like, five feet from her. And her uncle is like... Well, you didn't tell her what the Henderson said about the house, did you? And she's like, Shh, she'll hear you. And I'm like, you're right there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are terrible at keeping secrets. <laughs> but I wish we knew how to whisper. <laughs> or go to another room. <laughs> and like, she's not even asleep. She's just sitting there watching TV. <laughs> Anywho, apparently Mrs. Henderson was adamant that it was the house that got her. <laughs> we don't know what that means. So that night. Melissa hears some creepy ghost child whispering her name, and help me, which is always a good sign. <laughs> she sees that the light is on in the Henderson's attic and decides to check it out, and she sees light poking through the keyhole of that hidden door, so she opens it. And inside <laughs> is a creepy dollhouse replica of their house, like life-size, like she's walking into a dollhouse. And there's Susan! <gasps> But she's gone into super, like, uncanny valley territory, so her face is all, like, white and, like, plastic-looking, and her eyes are just kind of, like, eh. It's really creepy-looking, if you Google it. It reminds me of, um, you know that French movie, Eyes Without a Face? 
you ever heard of that I've one? heard of it, but I've never seen it because I'm a big old chicken. But <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, that one, this daughter, you know, this doctor gets into this terrible accident and her face is all disfigured. And so she wears this, like, mask that's just, like, white and totally featureless and, like, all you can see moving are her eyes. So it's, again, like a callback to that yeah. movie. Okay. Um, pretty similar. Yeah. Um, so Susan is calling out for Melissa, but doesn't seem to hear Melissa. So Melissa hasn't walked in yet. She just opened the door and she's looking in and sees her friend. Okay. So Susan is like, Melissa. So that was the creepy ghost whispering that she heard. But Susan doesn't see Melissa there. She doesn't know she's there. So Melissa is about to step into the doorway. And then her uncle's like, ah, no. Um, and as she steps away, she realizes that the door is opening out it's, like, basically a window, and if she had stepped in, she would have just, like, fallen four stories out of the house. Wow. So, that's not good. So, the next day, her uncle boards up this door up in the attic, but Melissa is still convinced that Susan's in there, and she wants to save her, so she goes back to the house. Again, what are the aunt and uncle doing? <laughs> like, she keeps running away into this haunted... At least lock the door. Just lock the door. You have keys. They're the worst babysitters ever. So, she breaks in using a hammer, <laughs> and then she uses said hammer to pry off the boards that the uncle had wow. put there. So she's a very strong nine-year-old. She is. <laughs> and resourceful. Exactly. Um, yeah, clearly Uncle Pete is not the best handyman in the world. <laughs> so she goes and opens that door, and it's the dollhouse again. So this time she actually does step in and does not fall out the window. Okay, she's good. actually in the dollhouse. All right. Um, so as she's in there, she looks around, and she sees her aunt, but, like, huge up in the attic, so you realize she's, like, shrunk down, and actually it's in this little dollhouse oh. now, which is weird. Um, so there's creepy Susan, and she can finally hear Melissa, and they have a reunion, it's like, yay, but also you look terrifying. <laughs> um, so Melissa is like, I'll get help, but now that door that she used to get in is gone, and she's stuck in the dollhouse. And then she looks down, and her arms are starting to turn, like, Ooh. white, like porcelain Yeah. So Melissa is like, Susan, help me move this bookcase. We... So she decides she's going to go up to the attic of the dollhouse because there must be some way to get out there since the door was in the original oh, attic. Oh, okay. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Am I making sense? Yeah. Okay. So she's like, help me move this bookcase and we can like pull down the stairs and get to the attic. And Susan is like, I can't. And then takes her own hand off. <laughs> and Melissa's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> So she just, like, knocks over the bookcase and brings them up to the attic. So they get up to the attic. They find that little secret door again. Um, but when they open it, it's the, like, window drop out. Again, yes, right. Yeah. down. Um, so naturally, she throws Susan out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Wait! I mean, she jumps too, but yeah, she's just oh, okay. like, go. So they both jump, and some interdimensional thing happens. I don't know, but they're fine again. <laughs> And they're back in the... So she saved Susan Henderson. Yes. And then Susan is normal looking and not a creepy doll anymore. So, watching it again, the imagery is definitely still creepy. Um, Susan's whole face and pulling off her own hand. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> um, but the plot made no sense. Right. <laughs> like, is it an evil dollhouse? Why would they have an evil dollhouse? <laughs> and what happened to Susan's parents? Do we ever see them or know anything um, about them? Well, then at the end, yeah, uh, Melissa's aunt and uncle go to call her parents and be like, she's back, yay! Oh, okay. But, like, 
so her mom said the thing about, like, it was the house that took her, but, like, how did she know that? What experience did she have? <laughs> With and haunted then, doll houses. If so, like, wouldn't she have <clears throat> tried to do something about it if she did know? And then they just left? <laughs> and, like, how many months was Susan in there before Melissa found her? I mean, it's a replica of her own house. She should presumably have known to go up into the attic and check. <laughs> Like, I get that there's only so much that you could do in 20 minutes, but I could have yeah. done with a lot more explanation. <laughs> that was, yeah, that one actually deserves a part two to just, like, explain what happened exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, good. come on, Susan. You just sit there. I mean, I guess, like, eventually you can't really move anyway. Yeah. You're, like, turning into it all, but that well, must take a that's... little bit. All right. So, next up. Next up. Mm-hmm. The Tale of the Laughing in the Dark. Which was season one, episode two. So it was a really early one. And it's kind of become iconic in the Are You Afraid of the Dark world. Oh, okay. Most people know this. Um, so there were a few different clown-related episodes of this show, but this was the first. Um, the laughing in the dark refers to the name of a, quote, spook house at a carnival. So I guess kind of like those little, like, dark rides that you, like, walk through the little haunted house. Yeah. And dummies, like, pop out at you and right. stuff. Um, so this house in this episode is home to Zebo the Clown, who is a very creepy clown statue with glowing eyes, and he, like, pops out from behind a door and scares people. Okay. But it's a dummy. Right. Not an actual clown. Or is it? So, there are these two kids named Josh and Ouija, both boys, hmm. uh, kind of punk-ass teens. <laughs> They're <laughs> typical early 90s, you know, with, like, the giant flannel shirts and, like, the... Yeah. Boy meets world hair and stuff. So <laughs> one of the guys has on the bully's uh, jacket from the dark music episode. <laughs> the yeah. acid wash jeans. Yeah. Um. So they're like kind of daring each other to enter the haunted house, and as they're about to enter, a sinister carnival barker—that's a theme too, apparently—pops <laughs> uh, out and scares them, and he's like gives them a weird ominous warning about the clowns. So they're like, never mind, and they don't go in, which is smart. <laughs> But later, Ouija does a little bit of research and finds out that the Laughing in the Dark House had been around since the 1920s, hmm. and back then there was an actual clown named Zebo, who stole a bunch of money from the people who worked at the carnival, and he hid in the haunted house, but he smoked a lot of cigars. <laughs> so he was smoking his cigar and then set the house on fire and burned to death. Oh. End okay. of Zebo. Wow. Um, and then he says... Legend has it, the ghost of Zebo is still there, trapped for all eternity. Ooh. So Josh, being a cocky teenager, is all, that's not real. And so Ouija's like, well then why don't you go inside? And he's like, okay, I will. So he's trying to like one-up his friend and provide some proof so he actually steals the nose from the Zebo clown statue. Ooh. And there's the creepy carnival barker <laughs> who's like... I don't know, give some other weird ominous warning about, who knows. Don't steal noses from I think he's just there to, like, pop up and creep them out. Um, So, actually, the scene where Josh is, like, walking through the house is pretty creepy because he's, like, by himself and there's, you know, all these weird little noises, but he walks by the Hall of Mirrors and as he does, you see the human Zebo the Clown Mm. for, like, a second. Just a quick burst and you're like, oh, no! Um, Because I forgot about that part. And then Josh starts to smell the cigar smoke so that becomes a theme too apparently Hmm. um 
also, after Josh grabs the nose, he also, like, taunts the dummy, which is never a good idea. <laughs> that is how you get haunted. Um, so as he's leaving and walking out with the nose, you see smoke, like, spilling out from under the door where the Debo mm. statue is. It's an interesting thing that they went with that. It comes into play a lot later. I don't know why they chose cigar smoking as the thing, but whatever. So, after his success, Josh becomes super obnoxious, but he also starts to smell cigar smoke wherever he goes, which sounds kind of classy, but I guess that would be very (laughs) creepy if it was in the wrong context. Um, So one night he comes home and his parents have gone out. Um, So all of this creepy stuff starts happening to him while he's at home. Yeah. Um, And what's fun about this episode is that you never actually see like the clown it's just always like out of frame mm-hmm. just kind of like doing stuff so you never really see him like chase the kid or anything but right. like you know he's there hmm. um so he like heats up his dinner in the microwave and pulls it out and it's like a big ashtray with a bunch of smoked cigars in it <laughs> instead <laughs> and like he like spills chocolate syrup but then it's like in a big z on the floor Ooh. um he gets a phone call where this voice just says, give it back. And then, like, laughs creepily like a clown. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, and then he, like, runs and hides in his room and shuts the door. Um, he calls his friend to be like, I think the clown is after me. And then <laughs> the clown, I guess, picks up the other, like, handset. Remember home phones? Yeah, Those are fun. extensions. <laughs> he, like, picks up the other set and is like, give it back again. And his friend is like, what? And... Yeah, so that was spooky. Um, but while he's in his room, the clown, like, inflates a balloon, like, under the door that also just says, give it back, and then it, like, pops. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that, that part was pretty creepy. And also, again, um, it's very it. Yeah. Like, I've been reading that book. I'm almost a thousand pages in. <laughs> But the whole theme of, like, you know, the clown and definitely all the balloons and Mm -hmm. it kind of always, like, watching you. So I thought that was probably a little bit of an inspiration for the episode, too. Um, So Josh is really freaked out, obviously. He returns to the carnival, to the haunted house, and he gives back Zebo's nose. He Mm -hmm. puts it back on the statue. Um, And in addition to returning the nose, he also gives the statue a whole box of cigars. (laughs) Which I don't know how, like, a 14-year-old would get a whole box of, like, Cuban cigars, but that's, like, his offering. He's like, sorry. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) he, like, leaves his offering, and the camera zooms in onto the clown, and it's, you know, whatever, and then as he's walking out, the creepy carnival barker, like, pops back up, and he says... It's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. And then he's like, ha ah, ha 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 ha. And then that's the end of that episode. Wow. <laughs> so that one was more like slow buildup of creepy things that were not right. Yeah, and good, I mean, way of kind of doing it without really showing you the clown and stuff. Although, um, does he have like a stock of those balloons, you know, to say give it back? It's like, <laughs> I need, you go to a novelty shop. I need a balloon made that says give it back on it. And I'll take and we'll three it, boxes of cigars. And will it fit under the door? Yeah. So. I mean, I guess other kids have also tried to steal the nose before. That's right. And it didn't turn out to be ready. well for them. Hmm. Okay. So, next. Next. The Tale of the Whispering Walls. This is season Ooh. two, episode 11. Um, and I'd actually never seen this one before as a kid, so this one was new to me. 
So this takes place on a February 29th. So it's a leap year, mm-hmm. and there's a full moon. And Ooh. in the intro, the kids are all sitting around the fire talking about how, like, that's when the connection with the spirit world is, like, the most thin, and so you see ghosts and whatever. I don't think that's a thing, but... On the 29th? Yeah, I don't know. On the leap year? Yeah. I don't know. But that's the whole premise of the episode. Okay. Um, so, and this one also references that carnival and the laughing in the dark and Bebo, <laughs> which is fun. So there's these kids, Claire and Andrew Dickens, which it's fun that they picked that last name because this episode is very gothic-y. Um, okay. So I guess they're going for that vibe. So they're riding home from an amusement park with their babysitter, mm. Louise, and they're talking about like, oh, that laughing in the dark ride was so scary. I liked that clown, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, ah. I smelled cigar smoke the whole time I listened <laughs> Yeah. <to that>. <laughs> <laughs> one of the kids just lights one up in the back. <laughs> the babysitter's like, no. Uh, <laughs> So they're driving home from this amusement park, and they get lost. And they end up stopping at the Whisper Inn, a.k.a. a murder cabin, <laughs> to ask for some directions. <laughs> so they're greeted by this dude who's, like, really tall and super pale. He has, like, a black... Like, you know in Cinderella, the prince has that jacket with all the, like, buttons and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what that's called. It's like a military kind of full yeah. dress So it's like, thing. yeah. yeah. An old-timey military, but it's all in black, because he's goth. Um, so they're like, you know, can you help us? We're lost. And of course, he says, lost? You're precisely on time. Because <laughs> he's creepy. Um, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I can help you get back to the road. I know, a shortcut. No, don't, don't, no. Um, so he's like, take this dirt road outside. It will cut miles your journey and they do (laughs) i'm like guys i'd be like no we're gonna go back the other way but so they do they take the dirt road and their car mysteriously breaks down outside of this giant like gothic mansion that looks like nobody has been there in years so louise is like let's ask to use their phone (laughs) she's Um, as a babysitter she's fired she's not great she does not know where she's going and she's foolhardy so she goes in alone and leaves the kids in the car. Of course. And she's gone for like 20 minutes and the kids are like, she probably should have used the phone by now. So they're like, I guess we should go in and check. Um, so they walk in. The house is super dark and dusty and creepy. There's like weeds growing around the staircase, which is the first hint that they probably don't have a working phone, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they find this room upstairs that's kind of like decorated for a party there's like a table with this little toy merry-go-round on it mm. and there's all these different banana splits like lined up on the table so ah. the kids are like great um and one of the banana splits gets knocked over and it like there's like an acid hole like in the floor <laughs> so they're like probably shouldn't eat that i'm lactose intolerant <laughs> so they run out of the house good job and they run back to the Whisper Inn, the random, like, murder wow. cabin where That's they first went. that's a long way went. to run. Yeah. So they arrive there, and it's something like a scene out of, like, The Shining. There's, like, this party going on. There's a guy who seems like he's from, like, the 1950s. There's this older woman in, like, Victorian garb who's, like, giving them punch. There's, like, a couple from the 20s that are, like, dancing around. Hmm. So there's all these different, like, eras that are represented. Um, and they're like, hey, can you help us? Our babysitter is missing at that weird, creepy house. And of course, everybody there at the party is like, don't worry about Louise. She'll be fine once the sun sets. 
And the kids are like, what the hell? <laughs> so they're like, okay, we should probably go back and look for Louise since nobody is helpful. Um, so they go back to the creepy mansion. So they're inside and they hear Louise's voice and they see that it's coming from a mirror. Mm. Like over the fireplace. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm upstairs, come find me. And they're like, okay. <laughs> so... They walk down this hallway, and there's all these, like, empty picture frames, but as they walk by them, you see, like, the um, people from that party, like, show up in the frames. Hmm. So it's kind of, like, Harry Potter-ish, yeah. but it's a cool effect, um, and very creepy. And they find Louise in this room, and she's sitting in this rocking chair and holding a baby, and it's, like, very eerie, like, there's creepy music, and she's like, assures them that she's totally fine and nothing's wrong. Um, but then her voice gets deeper and turns into this creepy military dude. So she's like possessed by that guy and she throws the baby at these kids and it's like a bundle of snakes. (laughs) So you're like, oh no, (laughs) that is not good. Um, so the kids run away again and they hear Louise again. And this time her face is like coming out of the wall, which is interesting. Um, so they're trying to like help her, but they pull some candlestick and then the wall flips around. We're in a secret room, of course, because yeah. houses have secret rooms. Um, and in this room, there's Louise again. She's sitting in a rocking chair, but she is apparently unconscious. So that's not good. And so there's Mr. Pale Jacket Dude, um, <laughs> who explains that Louise's energy will keep me alive, keep this house alive, and she'll be a part of us forever. So he's like trying to collect ghosts and on this time that this the sun is on the verge of going down but it's not quite yes, gone down yet. it has okay. not not gone down yet um so andrew the little brother throws this vase and breaks a window so the light comes in to the house um and the kids and so military guy's like no even though i don't think he was a vampire i think he was a ghost he just doesn't like light i don't know i guess not so the kids and louise make a run for it um but the ghost, ghost guy pops up like right before they get to the front door. But then, little old Victorian lady from earlier, yeah. she comes in, and she took a liking to the kids, because she's nice, a nice ghost, I guess. Um, and then they have a ghost fight. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not really, but, you know, a little uh, quarrel. And so the old lady ghost opens the door for the kids and lets them run out with Louise, and the ghost guy dissolves in the light. Oh. That hasn't gone down yet. Um, and the old lady says, "That our teacher." Yeah. <laughs> talk like that. She's just like, "Bye, you're welcome." I don't know why she doesn't explode in the sun, and he, whatever. Again, it's <laughs> twenty minutes. Not, so yeah, I don't right. Know. Yeah. Um, okay. So they get in their car. Their car works again. As soon as they drive away, another guy in the car pulls up, and his car breaks down. Hmm. So like they're just going through this yeah. cycle of collecting souls, I guess. Um, so I had, yeah, I'd never seen that one when I was a kid, but I really enjoyed watching it. Um, I liked the cool, like, gothic vibe. That moment where they find her in the room with the baby is very creepy. Um, a lot of the effects were very cool of, like, them walking down the hallway and the picture the frames pictures, yeah. and, like, her face popping up from the wall and all this crazy stuff. Um, it felt very, like, evenly spread out of the spooky moments like there wasn't a ton of build up and then everything comes at you at once it's like from the beginning you're getting like hints of weirdness Mm -hmm. happening um so i i'd never seen this one on any like best of lists ever it just kind of popped up in like my youtube and i was like okay i'll watch that one so i 
I'm surprised that it's not on more because I thought it was it was worth a watch. And it's so the Dickens thing is interesting, and the uh, uh, the banana splits the room. That's kind of like Great Expectations with Miss Havisham. So you, she was she had a room decorated for a wedding, and had and she'd Ooh. been stood up at the altar, and mm-hmm. she had left it exactly that way. And so yeah. interesting kind of throwback there. With like literary references. Yeah. Hmm. So that was an interesting okay. one. I liked that. Yeah. Um, and it was probably the one that I enjoyed re-watching, or watching the most out of all, like, six right. of these. yeah. So, The Whispering Walls. Watch it. Hmm. Okay. okay. So this is my last one. Um, okay. So I wanted to do one from the second, like, iteration from 1999 to 2000. Mm-hmm. So this was the, I think, the series finale. It's season seven, episode 13. And it's called The Tale of the Night Nurse. Hmm. So, there are these sisters named Nikki and AJ, and they go to live with their grandpa for like a month in this old house. And one night AJ wakes up and she hears disembodied children's giggling and the noises of what kind of sounds like a birthday party. So she walks downstairs and follows the noises and sees a birthday cake with the name Emily written on it in the living room. But when she turns on the light, the cake disappears. Spooky birthday cake! <laughs> um, but she turns around and there's a mirror and she sees all these kids behind her, mm. like, standing in the yeah. mirror. And she's like, what? So the next morning at breakfast, um, we find out that AJ is allergic to strawberries, which I guess will come up later. <laughs> I don't know why they put that in. Um, later she... Here's a public service announcement for yeah. kids who are allergic to strawberries. Oh, actually, okay, I know how it comes in later. Okay. So later she sees this little girl who's holding all these presents and walking down the stairs and the girl trips and falls down the stairs and then her she and all of her presents disappear. And Grandpa is all like, oh, you saw the birthday girl? <laughs> Thanks, Grandpa, for filling us in. <laughs> yeah, not letting us know until we actually... Yeah. yeah, so backstory incoming. Turns out there are ghosts in the house. Many years ago, this little girl was having a birthday party, and she fell down the stairs. She hurt her leg, and so her mother hired a night nurse to help take care of her while, you know, her parents were asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but turns out she was a little crazy, and one night she filled a needle with poison and murdered the little girl. Oh, another and, dead child. Yeah, and so she's arrested, and she died in prison. So they find all these, like, newspaper articles about it and stuff. Hmm. So... Um, the grandpa's totally okay with like the ghosts in his house. He's like, oh, yeah. no, there are the ghosts. Because it's a nice one. It's just a little girl in a birthday party. Um, and oh, the girl... could, It could be a lot worse. You're right. Yeah. And so the girl who fell down and was later killed is Emily, which is why the birthday cake said Emily. Okay. So there's a big trunk up in their attic that has all those news articles and also the dress that Emily was wearing like on her birthday. Don't know why that is still there, but it is. Um, so the girls are like, the ghost is trying to tell us something. And then Grandpa's like, no, don't engage with the ghosts. It's <laughs> like, what? Why would you tell? Okay, fine. <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> so the girls decide to bake a birthday cake in an attempt to talk to Emily's hmm. ghost. And instead, the evil night nurse appears. Ah! And she's very, like, 1940s, like, white dress like nurse ratchet and, and one like, flew over the cuckoo's nest that's it, what i yes. picture except she's like pretty okay she's nice looking um so they're like ah night nurse they start running away they run up to the attic um they're still trying to figure out what emily wants so 
AJ decides to put on Emily's, like, birthday dress and see if that'll do anything. <laughs> the, the dead girl's birthday dress. <laughs> totally fine. Um, so as she puts her head through, she's actually transported back in time to the day of the birthday party. Hmm. And Emily's mom, like, is referring to her as Emily. So basically she's, like, wow. you know, possessed by her or something. I don't know. So, time travel dress. She's like handle with care. And they're like, the only thing that we can do to help is to go back in time, make sure Emily does not fall down the stairs so she doesn't get uh -huh. hurt, so she never has the nurse, so she doesn't die. Okay. So AJ puts the dress back on and goes back to the day of the birthday party. So she's like tetrising all of her presents. <laughs> I don't <Tetrising. laughs> Okay. Yeah. I don't know why she wouldn't just make multiple trips, like if your one goal is to yeah. not fall down the stairs, right. but whatever. Um, so she's walking down the stairs, you know, very slowly, very carefully. And then Emily had a little medical alert bracelet that fell off. And so she... I know where this is. Mm-hmm. And so she bent down to pick up the bracelet, and that's when she fell and hurt her leg. Um, those things are... Those things will kill you, those medical alert <laughs> They're very dangerous. So, wouldn't you know it, AJ is walking down the stairs, reaches down for the medical bracelet, and falls down and breaks the leg again. So it's like... Girl, that was the one thing you weren't supposed to do. <laughs> Whatever. You had one job. <laughs> so the nurse um, comes, the nurse's ghost, you know, disappears in the present day and goes back in time to the party or after the party to take care of um, AJ. And AJ is like running away from her and like, no, you're going to kill me, blah, 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 blah. With a broken leg? Yeah. Is she hobbling on crutches or is she. <laughs> what do we... I don't remember. <laughs> She's running like, ow! Yeah, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> she's very slowly running away. Yeah, and the nurse keeps catching up to her and is like, "I need to give you your medicine. I need to give you your medicine." She's like, "No, you're gonna kill me." Um. So finally, uh, Emily slash AJ whatever looks at her medical bracelet and sees that it says penicillin, and she's like, "I'm allergic to penicillin. You can't give that to me." And the nurse is like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't know." Cause like. I think she had the bracelet, like, in her pocket or something and forgot to put it back on. So she pulls it out and she's like, oh, that's what that means. Oh. So, turns out, the nurse accidentally killed Emily because she didn't know she was allergic to penicillin because she had dropped her bracelet. Um, and the nurse felt really bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um, so she apologizes and she helps AJ take off the birthday dress so she can go back to the present day. Um... So and now, the nurse doesn't have to be a ghost haunting the house anymore. No. So they show the girls back in the attic. Um, instead, this time they have an article from an old newspaper about Emily like going on to live a long, happy life. I don't know why they would write an <laughs> article about that. Read all about it. Girl lives long, happy life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they're trying to get that point across, I guess. Um... And, you know, obviously the nurse was never arrested, never died in prison, so both ghosts are at peace, and no more ghosts in Grandpa's Interesting. house. Interesting. So, that one... I was, I, now, okay, I thought the medical alert thing was going to refer to the strawberry allergy. And I guess but maybe that's why AJ realized, like, oh, I know what this is, because yeah, okay. I have one. All right. Maybe that's how that tied in. Okay. Otherwise, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Anywho. Um, but that's, I, I like that everybody, you know... It works out, and the person you thought was bad was not. Yeah. She was just. She was just trying to help. Although know? she did look very menacing. <laughs> so, I don't 
don't know if she always looks like that or if she's just mad all the time. Um, but I wonder, like, because it had such a, like, happy ending and everybody was fine and nobody was mm, bad, I yeah. wonder if, like, when it was coming back, parents were, like, mad or protesting it, maybe, and so they kind of felt like they had to do had to, yeah, that's true. a little, like, happier yeah. sort of thing. So I didn't watch any other season seven episodes, but I'd be interested to see if that was a theme throughout them or mm-hmm. if that was just like one you know, yeah like a one-off so yeah. i'm not sure hmm. but yes. interesting how many total episodes were there like a hundred something or uh 91 okay. episodes yeah and there were a lot of um guest stars on it that later went on to do stuff so like ryan gosling was on an episode yeah. um nev campbell um jay baruchel Oh yeah, how you okay. say his last right. name? Mm-hmm. And um, Hayden Christensen was on it, wow. like Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, so a lot of people that went on to yeah do big things, famous things. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Gosling is from Canada, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was on some episode about like a ghost radio station or something. I don't know. <laughs> nice. So when you were, so you watched a lot of Nickelodeon when you were a kid. You and your your brother both did. Yes. And. Was this one of your favorite shows on there, or? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> given your so. taste in, in horror and scary things, I would say it, it probably was. Yeah, and I kind of hid it <laughs> a little bit. Well, because my new mom didn't want me to watch it. <laughs> but then also just, like, being the weird kid who's into all the spooky stuff <laughs> isn't great. But I think a lot more kids watched it than... Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, yeah. yeah. Then parents knew about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we should also mention that um, in addition to doing this with me, which was great, I'm really glad we did it, you are a regular on another podcast called Movie Meltdown. Yes. And and you talk about horror movies quite a bit, very knowledgeably on there. And uh, does that come out every week? Um. Yes, but I'm not always on okay. you know, every single one, but. Yeah. We also do a lot of, like, we have a separate Patreon-only podcast that is pretty much all horror movies. Right. Um, the other one can be pretty broad, but since it's October, we are going to do a lot of horror episodes again, so yeah. that's always fun. Okay. And it's called Movie Meltdown. Uh, yeah. You should check it out. Who's the main host? Brian Renfrew. Okay. My friend Brian, he's been doing this for, like, over ten years, so he's very dedicated yeah. to a lot the of movie episodes. podcasting. Yeah, yes. exactly. So catch Noah on there, and uh, uh, thanks for listening to this one. It was really fun to do. We need to do some more together. So thank you, Nora Inman. (laughs) Thank you for having me. For coming to our basement. David Inman. uh, We'll see you guys later. Yay, thank you. My name's David Inman. Thanks for listening. And thanks especially to my daughter, Nora, for helping out today. If you listen to our podcast on iTunes or on your podcast app on your phone, please, if you can, 
rate us. It helps other people find us. See you later.